Hi, this is Dan. And this is David. Welcome to Campfire Stories. Uh, this week, again, we have Daryl with us, so it is the three of us. Uh, we're going to be talking about, what, what do you think, guys, gear or something? Yeah, when we talk about some of the gear that we use, we seem to be kind of throwing out the learning curves that we are, uh, are always, I guess, learning over our adventures. So maybe we can throw some of those out there and maybe uh, speak to some of the gear that we're using and go from there. Yeah, or or even uh, talk about gear that we may want to try uh, in the future. Absolutely. There's definitely some stuff I'd like to try out, I think. Well, for me... I know, I know I've always had a thing for backpacks. Uh, Jesse, my fiance and I, we both kind of like backpacks and it's kind of something that we, uh, inadvertently collect, uh, more than we should. And definitely something that we spend money frivolously on. Uh, I definitely have a lot of backpacks and so does she. And for me, the longest time I kept on looking for a, a really good backpack that I could take and it would be kind of like my go-to usable for every single hike that I went on. And for the longest time, I, I couldn't find it. Uh, I had a 75-liter North Face uh, with adjustable back and all that kind of stuff, but it was just so big. Um, I I could never use the thing besides, like, you know, plane rides when I went on, like, a week-long vacation or something. And then I really started liking the idea of bushcraft, um, so I know a lot of my kit kind of kind of leans a little bushcrafty, but a lot of the stuff doesn't have like it's very minimal. So it it doesn't really have like adjustable stays a lot of times. It's it doesn't a lot of times it doesn't even have uh, like stays in the back. So there's almost no back support in a couple of my backpacks. And so when you go on like a three day trip, um, if you're not planning on just going two miles out and and sticking to that one location um, and you end up bringing a, a bunch more stuff um, <clears throat> there's just there's just no room or it quickly becomes uncomfortable um, I know that I know that David's been been through a couple of backpacks to get to where he is now with his Osprey and I know yeah. you you Daryl have also been through a couple of backpacks um, would you say that your current two Ospreys, Daryl, are, are your favorite backpacks that you have? Or would you say that it depends on the trip? I won't. Uh, I'm going to have to say they're definitely my favorites as of right now. Um, doesn't matter really what the trip is. I don't believe a lot of the other packs I have are, are Camelbacks. Um, they're heavier. They're more thick, uh, more rugged. They're more canvassy. Like I said, I, I do have that canvas, um, or it feels like canvas, um, Camelback BFM, which I love the pack. I love the appearance of it, but definitely I found that the Osprey packs that I've since migrated to, if you will, um, way more comfortable, way more lightweight, way more storage. Um, they have all the built-in features that you could probably ever hope to have and more. And uh, I'm definitely a fan of the Ospreys now. Cause like I I uh, I have like I said earlier I got a 75 liter North Face with an adjustable uh, back and everything and it's a really really comfortable bag when I load it up um, but there is absolutely no reason to bring it on any trip that isn't a winter trip um, that you're doing for like at least four or five days because there's no possible way that I would need 75 liters worth of stuff yeah <clears throat> unless maybe you're like going in a desert area and you wanted a lot of extra water 
Which yeah, maybe would be so, a little heavy. <laughs> yeah, because well, a gallon weighs what or just shy of nine pounds, and that's one gallon. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I could see, for instance, with a 75-liter backpack, if you wanted to bring a, a, a zero-degree uh, sleeping bag or something like that, it takes up a lot of room, a zero-degree uh, degree yeah. sleeping bag. But if you're bringing like a 30 or 40-degree bag, it's not going to take up nearly as much room. So no. like, I have a negative four-degree bag, um, which I only have for like if, if I finally get around to doing a real uh, winter trip. I know that, Daryl, you and I had tried to do a – like we did a December trip, but it ended up being a bit warmer than we expected. degrees isn't that uh, and because, warm. It still got pretty good. No, but at the same time, like I was hoping for snow yeah. and whatnot, and then when I started looking at the weather – it was uh, it it wasn't supposed to be zero degrees, so I ended up leaving my my really cold winter bag in in uh, in Florida, and I just brought my forty degree bag, and I think I brought a wool blanket, um, and I was I was good, I was good with that, um, but I really did want to finally get around to using my seventy five uh, liter uh, North Face, only because I I bought it several like probably nine years ago. And I really haven't been able to put it through its paces yet. Yeah, I ended up picking up that Atmos Osprey. It was a 65 liter for that trip. And again, great pack, tons of storage. Um, I'm not sure when I'll be using that again. Probably not for another cold trip per se, but probably more of a long term, maybe an extended trip. If we ever get out there for like a week or so, maybe a little bit longer. Um well, and see, that was one thing I hated about, or I, I guess I can't say hated because it's a strong word, but one of my cons, and probably, you know, I, I know I've discussed it in the podcast before, but compared, like, because I have the Atmos 50 and you have the Atmos 65, the fact that I have no straps on the outside of the backpack still, to, like, it's always going to bother me. And I really oh, wish yeah. Osprey, I really wish Osprey would have uh, said, hey, we got the smaller bag. You can't fit as much stuff inside of it. Let's put some straps on the outside so that at least you could put like a bedroll or something. I'd really like to be able to strap um, at least like my pad, my sleeping pad to, uh, pad to the outside of it. I just don't understand why they did that. Maybe I'll have to get the CEO of Osprey yeah. on the line. I, my, yeah. my 65 definitely <laughs> had the straps and I was able to put the bedroll on the outside. But I actually had enough room and our trip was kind of short so I could actually fit it all the way in my pack as well with a 65 liter. Um, but me and David yeah. actually ended up purchasing the same pack for our trip in the whites, I believe. And I think we were discussing it just before we started the podcast and um, mine stuff is still pretty much packed up, but it's the Osprey Stratos. And I want to say it's a 40 liter bag, give or take. And that pack is, is ideal for most of the trips that we, we do, um, size wise. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been, yeah, the perfect size, uh, been able to fit everything comfortably for a two day trip, three day trip. Now is the so. back, is the height adjustable on the back? I, I no, do not believe it is. There is a small, no, adjustment. There is a small adjustment, I believe, for it. But it's not like a major adjustment, if I recall. It just... Because that... I don't know what it is. Uh, I'm an average height. I'm about 5'10". It's not astronomically large or astronomically small. I think the average in America is about 5'9". Um, but for some reason, I don't know if it's just my back compared to the average back is a different uh, length because... I, I really like if 
if I were to go and buy a backpack that doesn't have an adjustable back, it always ends up being uncomfortable. Like, but if I can get a, a 50 liter bag, like my Atmos, uh, uh, AG, which does has, have an adjustable back, I can change it and I can make sure that it does fit me perfectly. And it's it's just it's wonderful when I can do that. And I would love to get a smaller bag, I, uh, like because I got the the Osprey Atmos 50 AG, and I would love to get something like 35 or 40, but I just can't find one that is that has an adjustable back. Yeah, I'd have to actually pull it out and look at it again. I haven't quite got to that part of the unpacking process, but I, I do believe. There's a couple uh, shoulder strap adjustments, which um, I believe make a big difference with shifting the load and carrying it where you want it and um, making it more comfortable. It does. Well, see, my, my thing yeah. is just the torso height, like because on the on the AG, I can change how tall the back, like the yoke right. on the back is. And like I've got several other backpacks uh, that I can't do that with. All I can do is kind of adjust the shoulder, adjust the load lifters, and all that kind of stuff. But but what ends up happening is, uh, in order to have it sit kind of on my hips, the the hip belt kind of sit low, um, I end up having to release the the shoulder straps uh, a whole lot in order to to get it to drop all the way down to to my hip bones. Um, or I end up getting it nice and tight against the top of my back and my shoulders and everything. And I got this hip belt around my, my, just below my rib cage is what ends up happening. And that's, it's not supporting anything that way. So that's why I like, I like the Atmos AG and my North face, uh, the 75 liter, because both of them are really big bags and the torso length can be adjusted to, you know, within like three or four inches, maybe. So that helps me make sure that the, the hip belt is where it's supposed to be and the shoulder straps are where they're supposed to be. And then I can, I can finagle the, uh, the, the load lifters on the top to make sure that it's nice yep. up against my back, you know. But, like, I have, I have a really nice uh, bag from Snug Pack, which is a British Army bag, and there's no adjustment. And so this thing ends up hanging, like, really far away from the top of my back, even with the load lifters, only because I like having all the weight on my hips rather than on my shoulders. Because you hike for three, four, five, ten miles, whatever it may be, if you have all of the weight of your backpack and the contents of that backpack all on your shoulders, it just makes it miserable. That's the whole point in having a hip belt, you know? Yeah, and I remember having that issue when uh, I took my Osprey bag that Daryl and I both have out for the first time. Uh, I didn't adjust it before we went out, and I remember we had to stop several times and make adjustments so that I could uh, be a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, it's definitely a really good idea to uh, to throw everything in your backpack, <clears throat> put it on, make sure that it fits well, because yeah, once you get on the, on the trail, it's going to move around. Stuff you know, you're going to get tired. You know, you're you're going to feel it. Lean on this shoulder maybe a little bit more than the other one, or maybe it's on your shoulders more than you want it, and you want it more on your hips. Whatever. Um, <clears throat> you can fine tune the adjustments during your trip. That's that's great. But obviously, you want to get on the on the trail uh, with it as comfortable as you can possibly make it at that. Like you know, yeah. When well, you're I think fresh. it's kind of a good segue. You're kind of talking about stuff that goes in the packs. And I'm sure you don't want the whole podcast just to be discussing packs, which probably could be a podcast all into itself. I know. Well, we did we we did do a, a podcast a couple uh, a couple of months ago where we talked about backpacks, and I think we discussed my backpack and everything I liked and didn't like about the Osprey, 
and then yeah. David's backpack uh, and everything he kind of liked. And well, like I was kind of thinking well. along the lines of um, I, I, I'm a nerd. I usually it, listen to the podcast after you post them up, um, and I, I think I have a few corrections for some of the gear that I carry. You know, I've made a few mistakes, put out some uh, inaccurate information for some of the stuff I have um, in the past, and then you know I haven't really um, dug too much into what I like to carry, but I feel like we're always referencing it in some way. Um, I don't know about David. I know he's starting to get a decent pack together in piecemeal. Everything kind of comes piecemeal and slow, but. Yeah, slowly coming yeah, together. Yeah, I mean, Dan helped you out a little bit with Christmas when we, we went house and we got you the hammock set up for me, you know, and everything. Um, but I know at one point I, I kind of discussed the tarp that I picked up. I, I can't remember what the heck I called it, but it's actually the Superfly tarp from uh, Warbonnet. I called it something weird, Super J or War J or something like that. I don't know. But um, I don't know. There's just a few little things I figured I'd go out and uh, try to remedy what put out misinformation. Um, I know another one I said I had the uh, the Burrow 30 from Hammock Gear. It's actually I had the Burrow 20 because I purchased it for that particular camping. And uh, when I went back and referenced Hammock Gear camp uh, website, they don't make a Burrow 30. So it's definitely the Burrow 20, and I, I coupled that with the Incubator 20, which is the bottom quilt. And then uh, the accessories that I picked up for making my hammock camping a lot easier. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Dutchware hardware. This guy makes some great stuff. Um, the tarp flies, they're really nice for hanging your ridge line, getting the top ridge line of your tarp set up. And then I went with a whole set of the uh, tarp worms. That he makes, they're you know they're pretty cheap, they're pretty inexpensive. I kind of showed them to David last time we went out there how they, they set up, and once you kind of get that learning curve, one of those uh, infamous learning curves that we're always talking about, figure it out and how to use them. So much more quick, so much more efficient, and um, it's a really great way to secure your tarp and everything. Yeah, yeah, I'm still interested yeah, I mean, in, in purchasing. Guy, you can actually, check out the website. I'll have to send you the link for uh, Dutchware, and it, it's fairly inexpensive. So if you if you have like eighty bucks to throw at it, you could probably get a whole setup for everything you need over there. But um, highly recommend it if you're a hammock camper. And if you're a hammock camper, you're probably already well aware of Dutchware. I'm sure by now. But um, they're, they're definitely a great thing to have. Oh yeah. Yeah, if uh, I know a lot of people, like or I follow a lot of people all over the place that uh, um, hammock camp, and they're they're always preaching about how awesome Dutchware stuff is. I hope that guy that runs Dutchware does, does he pretty seems good to for be himself, building, you know? just like the Warbonnet crew. I, you know, they seem to be a, a company that's been building, you know, growing year by year. Um, they definitely have a more professional website set up in this. You know, you can check that out, but. I don't know. Just kind of throwing out some of the stuff that I like to use. Um, the, the setups that I got, everything fits really well into that uh, Stratos 40 that we, me and David both have. So you figure if I can pack a top quilt, an under quilt, a hammock, a tarp, all that gear, um, and then a bunch of other stuff to boot, and I'm still usually only rocking like a 25-pound pack, you know. Um, and a lot of times I also have the bladder in my camelback with usually it's a hundred ounce bladder so i'm not sure what that works out to be weight wise but it's got to be a good four or five pounds 
Okay, I'm way off on that then. It's 100 <laughs> ounces. I'm not a math guy. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just no, but you're not sure what a hundred ounces weighs. Well, pound, pound wise, pound wise. Well, he's not sure in pounds. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Dan. I'm I just saying it, it weighs a hundred ounces. How much? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I feel like David. Is this how you usually feel? Now? I, I get it. Yes, absolutely. All the time. Um, well, that's okay. Sorry. It's, 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 it's six pounds. All right, so if I'm carrying a 25 pound pack, I'm carrying a 25 pound pack generally, yeah, six pounds of right. water usually. So no, that there's some weight weenies out there that'll go crazy and they'll like drill holes in their toothbrushes and stuff just to, to shave off a little bit of weight. Weight weenies. <laughs> Wait, weenies. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the thing is, is if you're doing if you're doing two thousand miles, um, have, having oh, extra ounces that you don't need, you might as well get rid of them if you can. I mean, there are people that do uh, eight pound bags and then go do two thousand miles. Yeah, I mean, more amazing. power to them to figure like, for figuring all of that out, you know. Yeah. So if they're t- if they're cutting their toothbrush in half, or drilling little holes into it, hey, usually as long as they're able to brush their teeth, you know, uh, that's not bad, you know. Yeah, but we usually only do like one nighters, and the thing is, like, so if you're brushing your teeth in the morning before we even take off, and then you're getting home the next afternoon, exactly, you're gonna shower, you're gonna brush your teeth when you get back home anyway. So, but if you're going to go do a week out or if you're going to go do six months out, um, having a toothbrush would be nice. Yeah. At least, fi- you know, once a week wanna, anyway. Yeah. I mean, well, you don't want to finish the <laughs> Appalachian that. Trail and lose three teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> all because you didn't bring a toothbrush. Um. I think one of the biggest, as far as gear things that I kind of obsess over, because, uh, I mean, I have a couple of tents, and I do have the hammock, and the hammock is, I have a Clark, uh, and I love my Clark. Um, I, it has, you know, six big pockets underneath it. Um, if if uh, if anyone follows or listens to the podcast that likes uh, Clarks, let us know, because I, I love mine. I feel like it's like the Cadillac of, uh, of hammocks. Um, but it's, it's a big, it's bulky. It weighs a significantly more than, uh, than Daryl's uh, war bonnet, pound, I'm sure. What does your take. war bonnet come in at Daryl? Yeah. So like my, my Clark, my, my Clark is three pounds, right. seven ounces. So just barely three and a half pounds. Um, so it's, it's kind of a beast, but it's a four season hammock. Um, and I can pretty much attest to that. I mean, the thing, the thing is, um, like that night that we were out there in 26 degree weather, I have to, I have to say, I mean, it was at least like 45 inside of my hammock. Like I was amazed when I got out of it, how cold it was outside. Cause we got out, we like stirred the fire up a little bit. But I was amazed at how hot it was when I got out, or sorry, how cold it was when I got outside of the hammock, because I, I mean, it was, it was, yeah, 
It was I, nice uh, and warm inside my, my, my hammock, you know. Like the Clark one, but uh, I think any hammock can really be three season or four season if you have the right gear to go with it. Um, mine doesn't have the big buckets or baffles in the roof. Well, the nice thing about mine, the nice thing about mine is, the nice thing about mine, sorry, is just that you you pay up front for the hammock itself. It's like three to four hundred dollars, depending on uh, what time of year you purchase the thing. Because Clark is always throwing out uh, little deals like fr- uh, Black Friday deals and whatnot. Uh, but three to four hundred bucks, and that's it. That's that's pretty much it. I mean, unless you're going to go sub zero, um, you can get away without under quilts or anything like that. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, for the record, I have the Eno uh, One Link system. And that comes in at four pounds. Well, I know ounces. the black one I have, like I said, it's like a pound, twelve yep. ounces. And I got, the, I actually have the Blackbird XLC, the double layer. So, which is nice about the double layers, I can slide a bedroll in between those layers, and it doesn't move around all over the place, and that gives me a lot more insulation. And um, you know, I just hopped onto the website now for Warbonnet. That's that's rolling out at about two hundred and ten dollars now, and then. Uh, there's a bunch of new options, so I might even trade up my old one and go with a new version because they have a winter top cover now. Um, with the war bonnet, they have the the mesh screening, you know, that zippers you in. They have a built-in foot box, so it's not like you're in a hammock. It's like you can flatten out. And they also have a nice built-in pocket on the interior, so you can keep stuff inside the hammock with you as opposed to yours, which you have to go out or reach out and underneath to kind of get stuff. Well, it depends on it depends because I do have two nice. two decent sized pockets on the inside too. Yeah, that way I can keep like if my cell phone or like um, uh, my headlamp or something like I, I can definitely keep a bunch of little things inside with me. Um, but like I'm gonna put my boots in the 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 pockets outside. That way they're not on the ground. I don't have to worry about waking up in the morning putting my boots on and finding out that there's a snake in them or something like that. Um, <laughs> which, I mean, I, I did a trip in the, uh, when I was 14 years old, I camped out in the swamps in Florida and one kid yeah, we woke up in the morning, put his boots on and there was a scorpion. In them. Oh no. Yeah. Like in, no, you don't have to worry about it in Connecticut, but uh-huh, you, you do have to worry about Florida. that kind of stuff where I live in Florida. Well, so what I, like I'm saying, so like those six big pockets that I have underneath my Clark, I usually just throw everything that I have besides my backpack in those pockets and that keeps them up off the ground, make sure that no ants like fire ants or anything like that get into them, no, no uh, other insects or reptiles. I don't have to worry about any of them getting in there. So in the morning I can just put them on. Plus if it rains, I, I'm a hundred percent sure that they're not going to get wet. And that's that's always a plus, because no one wants to wake up in the morning and have to put soaking wet <laughs> boots on. Oh no, definitely not. I mean, may, may, maybe some people do. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> as far as me, like, I I love the gear. Obviously, I mean, I, I don't know how. I, I know that you have like the you have people who are like, oh, go minimalist and whatnot. Uh, but then you also have like the gearheads, and I definitely would fall closer to the gearhead. I love I love 
buying the gear. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, That's my least favorite part about it is buying the gear. I like um, using it when you're out there, and I I definitely would consider myself to be more of a minimal minimalist, seeing as how. I always have to borrow something from either you or Daryl when we go out. So, but I would I would like to at the same like at the same time uh, like I bought a lot of gear, but a lot of it doesn't come with me because it's a lot of trial and error. I buy something new, and then it's like okay, well this didn't work out for this trip or the or a different trip or whatever. Um, like for instance, if I'm going to go tent camping, I'm going to like I have a four inch uh, air mattress from Nemo. And I really like the thing, but if I'm going to bring my dog, I can't bring that air mattress because he likes to j- get on the thing and there's a risk of him popping it when I'm out in the woods. And then I have no no sleeping pad. So if I bring the dog, then I bring my Thermarest uh, Z-Lite uh, pad, which is just a foam pad. Um, but the foam pad is a pain in that it doesn't roll up really, really small like the air mattress one does. So there are pluses and minuses to all the stuff that I have, and it's just kind of trial and see what works and what doesn't work. Um, but I find myself falling into the gearhead uh, bucket when I would really love to strive to be in the minimalist bucket. Um, and when I go out into the woods, I, I leave 75% of the stuff I own back at home. And so I got to yeah, get I got on a eBay or something I've picked like up that. That probably fall into that category as well. Um, um, biggest Well, like as far as your stove goes, because I, I know you want to talk about a, a couple of things that you've picked <laughs> up over the years that haven't really made the cut as far as, uh, you know, what something that you've really enjoyed. Like, because I know you said you really fell for the Osprey packs, like you had you had the Camelbacks and whatnot, but you kind of really, really like your Ospreys. And I'm in that same same boat. And I think David is as well. Oh, yeah. um, I ha- <clears throat> I have a, a camp stove. It's called a bush box. And I mean, it's a stainless steel thing. Uh, it's it folds down flat. It's about the size of a deck of cards. It weighs significantly more than a deck of cards at just shy of ten ounces. Um, but the thing the thing is extremely sturdy. I've never had a single problem with it. Um, I think this I've had it for uh, two plus years now, and the only thing that I can say is the little baggie that it comes in uh, tears every single time I, I use it. Um, and that, and that's about it. That's my only complaint on the, on the product. I really enjoy the thing. Um, I'm able to use my Trangia, which I swear by the Trangia. Um, I know I've bought you guys a set of Trangias, but Daryl, you already had one as well. Now, as far as your stove goes though, Daryl, um, what are your complaints with the stove that you have? Cause, uh, David, you don't really have a stove, right? So uh, no, I have the Trangia burner, but I do not actually have a stove yet. Um, mm-hmm. I have been looking around, but um, I was actually going to make my I own. Say, what I may do is pass my stove on to David <laughs> and purchase a new one. So the stove that I ended up picking up, and I was really <laughs> excited when I first found it, is the Vertex. It's an ultralight stove. Um, it weighs 1.8 ounces. So that's pretty minimalist in the you know the weight weenie department. Um, it, it completely it, it's about the size of a you know you could pack it up and put it in an envelope and stick it in your back pocket. You wouldn't even know it was there. Um, so naturally, I found this thing. It looked it fit the Trangia. The Trangia fits in it. You could use that or the Espit tabs. Um, and I found this thing. I was so excited. I couldn't wait to use it. I shelled out forty bucks. I got it in the mail. 
and then it came time to actually go out and use it. Um, I'll, just before I get too far ahead of myself, if anybody out there has successfully used this thing repetitively with no issues, I would love to hear from them and hear what your trick is. Because for one, I found that this stove, while it is very minimalist, it's very simple, it's a pain in the butt to put together. Like you almost need three or four hands, I swear, to put this thing together and have it stay together. So when you put it together, you have to actually click these pieces just perfectly. And if you don't, the thing blows apart like a spring shooting out of a, a rocket. And it, it, it is the most <laughs> annoying sound when it happens because you're silent in the woods. And then all you hear is this metal clanging apart. Yeah. <laughs> well, the more annoying part. The more annoying part of it is that it usually blows apart when your water is on top, and then when it blows apart, the water spills over. So if you have water that's heated or almost heated, and you're waiting to eat or make your coffee or something, and then this thing blows apart and then your water spills, I we've had a few camping trips, particularly the last Nipmunk run where that was like the last few ounces of water that I had left. So when it spilled, it left me hanging. Um, but yeah, this thing, it just never stays together for me. Cold weather, like you, you kind of lose dexterity when you're tired and when you're cold. And when you just want to pack, you know, your, your, get your camp set up and you want to make your hot meal. And then you're fighting with this little stove to get it together so you can boil your water. Um, really, really obnoxious. Probably not the best $40 purchase I've made. The concept itself, I love. The size of it, the weight of it, I like. But... For actual user friendliness out in the woods, I despise it. I probably will not bring that thing with me again on another camping trip unless I haven't already purchased something differently. Um, it was funny because I did let David borrow it. Like, I, you know, he is a machine metal nerd. He was going to make one and then he actually gifted it back to me for Christmas one year in a Christmas card. So that kind oh, of. Yeah. He actually <laughs> it in a Christmas card. So that kind of gives you an idea of, you know, how thin and lightweight it is. Um, <laughs> not super user-friendly. So, I don't know, maybe David will inherit this stove and he can maybe make some modifications to it to make it better. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure I, I could. I, I would definitely not, you know, nothing against Vertex. They got a solid idea. It just needs a little bit more uh, R&D, I think, to make it what it could be. But, um yeah, I, got I wish we I wish we videotaped how often that thing like just kind of clinged apart because that, that it, it like falls apart, but it just like it springs open. Oh yeah, and I wish we I wish we videotaped it and sent it to Vertex so that they could see exactly what our problems with it uh, were. You know, they most likely blame blame it on operator error, but I think all three of us have taken a crack at putting that thing together at one point in time, and it's not fun. Um, well, I think no, on December trip, harder than it appears. Yeah, I think the issue in our December trip was the fact that uh, our hands were a little bit cold. Um, so, so putting the thing together was a bit of a, a headache to begin with. Um, I know that because, like, my my bush box, um, which has a horrible name, honestly. Uh, Jesse Jesse <laughs> bought it for me for Jesse bought it for me for Christmas and. And some of her coworkers, who are about our age, were like, "Oh, well, what did you get for Dan?" And she told him, and they just laughed because they they had no one, they had no idea what it was. Uh, but it, it, it's it, it's it's a horrible name. Anyway, 
Um, I get it because it's supposed to be bushcrafty and it's a fire. It's supposed to be like you know a hobo uh, camp stove. So I get I get it. But the thing snaps together great. It holds together perfectly. It cl- like when it when it slides to, when the four or five pieces slide together, uh, they clip uh, or like into each other and they're not coming out. Like you actually have to kind of pry the thing out. Um, so by the time you have to actually take this thing apart, hopefully you've already gotten some hot food into you and your hands are nice and warm and then you can pry it apart. And it's, it's not like it's a horrible uh, thing taking it apart, uh, but it's a lot easier to put together and make sure that it's going to stay together um, than, than your Vertex, I think. Plus, uh, I think you can get the stainless steel one for just around 30-something dollars. Uh, so, David, if you ever do give up on uh, making one, the stainless steel is only about thirty something dollars, and then you yeah. can just grab that, and it's and it works amazingly well with the Trangia. And <clears throat> I know that I was having some issues. I was putting like some sticks in the bottom of it to kind of prop the Trangia up, but um, I used I I just started using the the top cover of the Trangia, uh, or sorry, the middle cover of the Trangia because there's two covers. Uh, there's the snuffer uh, bit, and then there's the one that screws on. The one yep. that screws on, I put at the bottom of the bush box, and then I put the Trangia right on top of that, and it, it, it lifts it up just enough so that it's it's like my pot is in the perfect part of the flame uh, yeah. without snuffing it out, but without just getting soot all over the bottom of it. And it just it seems extremely efficient as far as that goes. And like I said, it's like in the 30s for, for price on like Amazon or something. Yeah, can't beat it. Um, the only thing that I would say is that I wish – that the titanium version uh, was a little bit cheaper because I think the titanium version would be like the ultimate for me at least because uh, it weighs in the stainless steel one weighs in at like nine and a half ounces. And though that doesn't seem like a lot uh, when you could get the titanium version for less than half or so of that weight, um, you definitely start saving uh, saving um, on your weight in your backpack and any any ounce like like we said earlier every ounce does count because I mean granted you're gonna have things and it's you, you know your toothbrush or whatever and you're you're chopping it in in half and you're losing half an ounce whatever but just shaving off half the weight of your stove is kind of significant in the end right well another mm-hmm. thing about the vertex that excited me was it took the espit tabs. And obviously, you know, I would think a solid fuel is going to be lighter and more user-friendly than a uh, transient full of liquid alcohol, you know. So mm-hmm. these ESPIT tabs, you know, they were pricey, much more pricey than buying liquid alcohol um, for the Trangia. And let me tell you, they do not light easy. It, you can hold a flame on those things, and if you, you're literally holding a flame on it with a lighter until the lighter piece is getting hot and you can't hold it anymore sometimes. Um, I'm kind of curious if those, if what you had were legitimate ESPIT tabs, they, were. they weren't knockoffs or anything they like were that. Actual ESPIT tabs, um, and I mean, you guys saw me. I fought with those things just as much as I fought with my thinking Vertex stove. Yeah, and um, eventually I said the heck with this, and I started. You know, that's when I swapped over to the Trangia, and then you know that same year you actually picked one up for me and David, so. Now I got two, and uh, I wouldn't trade that for anything. That's probably the best, simplest way to to cook with out there. It's just a matter of finding a housing for it that can accommodate a pot. Yeah. And like I said, um, 
the bush box is is amazing for it and if you were to run out of of uh fuel for the trangia uh if you have the bush box you can always just use sticks because it is it is considered like a hobo stove where you can just kind of fill it up with sticks and, yeah. and kindling and whatnot and i've i've cooked off of it like that too and it works perfectly it's got a big nice uh little uh square cut into the side where you can feed sticks into the thing and i don't want this to just be an ad for bush box because they certainly don't sponsor the show or anything but if they wanted to <laughs> i'd be <laughs> because isn't all- going to be sponsoring us now <laughs> i i would sing the, the the praises of the bush box uh for a very long time and if they wanted to send me a titanium one to uh review and keep that'd maybe be fine by me name too. It after you somehow because you don't like the name well, the name's a little bit odd, but, you know, whatever. Um, I know we, we have at least uh, one or two people listening in, in Germany, and I know Bushbox is based in Germany, so I'm hoping. I'm hoping. <laughs> um, but, I, I mean, I love this talk today. Is uh, It's a good talk. Um, I'd love to come back and, and kind of compound on this maybe next week. You know, we can talk about other things that we have picked up. Because, I mean, here's the thing. Everyone starts out buying a ton of stuff, heading out into the woods and, and, you know, carrying way too much gear, you know, and then they go home and they, they take a bunch of the stuff out of their backpack and they say, okay, well, I never even used this or I never used that. Um, or they find out that, oh, there's a much lighter version of, of some of the pieces of gear that they had purchased. Um, or maybe they didn't like the tent and they wanted to go with a hammock or something like that. So for for me, it's always a learning experience. I buy a lot of stuff, but um, I feel like I have I have packs, uh, set packs. You know, this is my summer pack. This is my winter pack. And I know Daryl, you don't really believe in that. Not really. Um, but it's it's how I kind of operate. Um, so how's the, how's you know, winter I, down there in Florida anyway? Is it much different from summer? It's very different from summer. Uh, winter in Florida, you can actually go camping. <laughs> you need less. Got it. Well, no. So winter, or sorry, uh, summer camping in in Florida. Well, I may have just opened a can um, of worms here. It might be a different podcast for that. Well, real quick, oh. summer camping in summer camping in Florida. The majority of your backpack is water in the summer. In the winter, you can carry less water, uh, but for the most part, the backpacks a lot is just it's obviously a lot lighter because you're not carrying nearly as much water. Um, but for the most part, it just depends on where you go. Um, there's no possible way you're going to get me to, to to go on a camping trip in July. I've done it before down here. I won't do it again. I love I love I love camping, uh, but when it's a hundred degrees plus in the sun. You're hiking through the prairie with no shade, no trees around you at all, and you have like three miles of that to do, and there's no water but what you brought with you. Uh, it's not fun. No. Well, on that, like as far as our gear goes, uh, I'd like to compound on it a little bit more, say next week or something, um, just to kind of discuss, you know. Today we talked a little bit about stoves uh, and a little bit about backpacks. I'd really like to get your ideas um, more, especially you, Daryl, just because you missed out on our, our kind of hammock uh, tent one. I know we, we discuss it a little bit here and there. I'd really just like to kind of get all of your thoughts um, 
on a couple of different things like sleep systems. Sleep systems is one of those things that everyone talks about on YouTube and whatnot. And so we might as well just give a little bit of our take on it from our experiences. Um, and the other things that people talk about cause is, is cook sets. I love cook sets. Oh, yeah. Uh, cooking in the woods is one of those things that I actually enjoy compared to cooking at home. I think it's a little bit more of the bushcrafty stuff. Um, you know, uh, building a fire, throwing, uh, a thing of water in there and whatnot. I mean, it's not true cooking. All you're doing is boiling water. You can boil water at home, but it makes me feel like the apocalypse is happening or something like that. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, that I'm surviving. Who doesn't have that scenario? Exactly. So with that, I guess, uh, we can close out this episode. We, oh, it's probably one of our longest episodes already. So, um, I guess we will say goodbye. If you want to review it on iTunes, we'd appreciate it. If you want to email us, it's uh, thecampingcanine at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Facebook. We have a group and we have a page. If you want to go like it, links will be in the show notes. And we will see you guys next week. Thanks. <laughs>